0: Welcome to the Faith Christian Church Podcast. You're listening to a message from one of our many gatherings that we have throughout the week. For more information on service times, ways that you can be a part of the work that God is doing in our communities, and so much more, you can visit our website at faithchristianwi.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. We are going to continue our subject that we begin on Sunday our series for this month and through the whole summer, our coverall series is going to be called Kings and Prophets. And we're going to be able to, by God's grace, I pray, we're going to be able to unfold some of the most wonderful stories that have ever been told, just for the story itself. But we have the privilege of unfolding and telling a story that is not just a story that's exciting and and has all the elements of a beautiful storytelling in it, but we're gonna be unfolding stories that have spiritual truths that are gonna be able to impact us for now and for eternity. And we're gonna do that uh, in the month of June. We're gonna talk about the beginnings, the beginnings of the rise of the monarchy of Israel, how that happened and and what God said and what God did and what the people did, what they did right some of the mistakes they made that we can learn from. And we're going to go through that, and then we're going to switch gears. And by the time we get to the end of the summer, you're going to hear fascinating stories about people like Elijah and King Josiah and, and infamous people like King Ahab and Jezebel and all those old stories. And we're going to try to bring them to life and ask that God would speak to us in this day through their stories. And uh, tonight... I'm going to have the privilege of speaking to you from the life of Samuel, the great prophet that really transitioned Israel from the time of the judges into the time of the kings. Would you join me in prayer before we do that? Father, tonight we ask you to speak to us. We're here, and we really want to listen. But sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes our our hearing is dull. Sometimes there's interference. And we pray that you would speak to us in these next moments. Help it be clear and help me to speak with with that clarity. And I pray that you mold us and make us what you want us to be. We ask it in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. The first of the great prophets that we're going to speak about, and really the launching pad for this whole spiritual history of Israel, is the prophet Samuel. On Sunday, we learned the story of his mother's cry for a child and how God answered her prayer and also answered the cry of a whole nation to bring them into a place of spiritual enlightenment, which he did through the birth of Samuel. Samuel had a very interesting experience that I want to talk about tonight. As a boy, he was dedicated to God and brought into the temple. And as a boy, God spoke to him. And this is a beautiful story because God spoke to that boy by calling his name while he was asleep. And that was the launching of him becoming a great prophet of God. I wanna talk to us tonight from that experience about discerning God's voice in our lives. Discerning God's voice in our lives. So a story, Uh, I, I get, I'm sure you'll chuckle, but uh, every now and then, uh, I think back to my childhood raising, growing up on a farm. Well, this week I had uh, my own farm experience. Uh, I got to help our own Pastor Ken, who has a, a farm and needed a little help baling some hay. And I don't think I baled hay for about 40 years, but I got a chance to do some just yesterday. And uh, you know, it's a lot more fun when you don't own the farm and have all the responsibility to just go help move some hay bales around. And anyway, it was a beautiful day, and Pastor Donovan and I gave Ken a hand and moved some hay bales on a wagon, and and there is a story to this. So we're we're loading hay on the wagon, and I know Ken's milking time, uh, we were right up on encroaching on that time. I knew that, and I'm Quite sure, Ken knew that, and Donovan knew that, and and I, I'm telling this story with permission, so just it's okay. So we're on the wagon and we're moving, and the tra- tractor's making a lot of noise, and the baler's making noise, and and we're throwing hay bales up, and Donovan drops a lot of them. So he's no, I'm just kidding, but <laughs> he did drop a few. Anyway, so we're we're doing all of that. <laughs> and, And he's looking on his phone. I think this is no time for texting, Donovan. You know, and he's trying to audio text over the sound of the tractor. And I said, "What's this?" He said, "Well, Jess is texting me. Jess, that's Ken's wife. What's she want?" She said, "Does Ken realize he has to milk cows today?" (laughs) And I thought, of all the people, I'm quite sure he's aware he's got to milk cows today. And then I thought, you know. Let's have a little fun with this, Donovan. So I said, Donovan, flag him down. Stop the tractor. So we're back on the wagon. Stop, stop, Ken, stop. He's looking like, what? Slam the brakes on. We're talking. He can't hear us. Turn the baler off. Idle the tractor down. What? We just got a message from Jess. Well, what is it? Do you know you have to milk cows today? <laughs> and he's like, what? Why is she, why? The puzzle look on his face was priceless. So, so, and you say, where are we going with that? And here's my, here's my introduction. I think a lot of us are like Ken on that tractor, trying to discern the voice of God. God's always sending messages, but we don't even hear him because the tractor's loud, the bailer's making noise, the people, the work's got to be done. The cows need to be milked, and that's a farm story, but you just apply it to your life how you will. Our lives are busy. Our kids have responsibilities. We're going here. We're going there. We've got bills to pay, finances to manage us, problems to solve, people that don't like us, situations in our lives that are difficult. There's noise everywhere, and you've got somebody in the back of your life going, Pastor, every Sunday, you're going, what? what's he What's he want? What? What? Okay, I'm here. What are you saying? You need to read your Bible. What? Of course I need to read my Bible. You have to stop me to tell me that? I think a lot of us find ourselves like Ken on that tractor. And I think God is sending us messages, and he's trying to speak to us. But we're, we're, we're at best puzzled. Let me just read a quick a little bit about Samuel so we can apply it. Before it gets too late here. First Samuel three, we read the story on Sunday, we won't read the whole thing. Verse 1 Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. God wasn't what was God doing? Nothing. What was he saying? Nothing. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had been begun to grow dim so that he would not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Verse four, then the Lord called Samuel. And he said, here I am, and he ran to Eli. Here I am, for you called me, but he said, I did not call you. Lie down again, so he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Samuel did not yet know the Lord or the word of the Lord had been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel the third time. I'm just going to stop the story there because it goes on and we did it on Sunday. Three times God called the boy Samuel by name. After Samuel responded, he gave Samuel his first message. I want to submit to you that there were two distinctly different experiences. The first experience was God calling Samuel and identifying him as his special servant selected to be his messenger. Samuel. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Eli. He woke up, he heard the voice, but he didn't quite discern... What was being said? Eli, do you want me? No, it's not Eli. It's God, Samuel. God wants to talk to you. Well, once he settled that and said, Lord, what is it you have for me? The first word he got was a pronouncement of judgment on the house of Eli, whom he was serving, which certainly was uncomfortable. Tonight, I want to talk to us about discerning God's voice in our lives, some of the things that are obvious. God loves people and wants to communicate with them. To assume, like some impressions that are given, sometimes even in church, that God saves us when we call out to Jesus. We say, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus comes into my heart. We're saved, we're born again, excellent. And people will say, well, that's that's all you need now. You just wait to go to heaven. But imagine having a long distance relationship with somebody for 30, 40, 50, 60, or 70 years, and the only time you ever communicated them is one time. God wants to communicate with us. I don't think anyone would argue that. The, the question is, how do we discern that communication without becoming a weirdo? You know, like, God, I'm waiting for you to tell me, do I put my right shoe on first? Do I put my left shoe on? I've, I've heard all those things, so I I understand. We need to understand that there are some rules of human communication, right? I mean, if your phone rings, you don't pick it up and go, idiot. <laughs> I hope not. What, what are some of the rules? You greet somebody. Even if you know them well, I hope you said, hey, how's it going? Okay. Well, if you're going to listen to God and communicate with God, do you think there might be some spiritual principles that would help us? That's what I want to talk about tonight first thing that i want to talk about is what samuel heard first hearing for god from god for yourself for the inspiration of god talking to your life how does that work i'm not talking about getting a word and god told me to tell you to buy my car that's not that's not what i'm talking about talking about getting a word for yourself your own life your own direction. I would tell you that when it comes to getting a word for yourself, it's not unlike the text message Ken got on the tractor the other day. The truth is God is sending words to us all the time. What we have to do is discern what he's saying and what it means to us right now. I mean, Ken got the message and the puzzled look was like, what? And the truth is, We have an entire Bible full of his messages, but if we're honest, there are some moments where we read it and go, what? Come on, honest? Anybody, yeah? You read it and go, what's that mean to me? We got Joshua and kings and all these prophets and all these stories, what does that mean to me? So we do need to open this up a little bit. First of all, what we seek for when we seek God speaking to us, one word, inspiration. Everyone say inspiration. inspiration. When you're saying, I feel like God spoke to me today as I was praying, what are you really saying? You're not saying you got a scroll from heaven or that his finger came down and wrote an 11th commandment in the sandstone in your walkway. I mean, that, that's not it. You're saying, God inspired me today. Hear this scripture, 2 Timothy three sixteen. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. The old old scripture, the old Greek word that translates English word is inspire, breathed out, full of his breath. What we seek for when we say, God, will you please speak to me? Is I want you to inspire me. I need to feel your breath. I'm reading your text message and it's not making sense. I need to feel the breath of God through his word. Are you following me? Inspiration. So why am I saying the Bible? Because the highest form of God speaking to you is not you having an angel visit you like Gideon or not you hearing a voice like Saul on the road to Damascus. The highest way that God's going to speak to you is through the scripture. Why? Because the scripture is all inspiration. Any other means of communication is partly inspired and partly you. Would you admit that when you you pray and you feel like God speaks to you? You you don't say, you say, well, I, I, I kind of felt like He was saying that. Are you following what I'm saying? Why? Because it's partly you. You know God's trying to get something across to you, but it's also partly you. So you have to determine how much is me, how much is God, or maybe somebody comes up to you and says, you know, I just really want to give you a word of encouragement today. I've just seen you do this, and I really feel like God's pleased with what you're doing. And you have to go, okay, was that all them? Was that God? Did they see that? Was God one? Are you seeing you're trying to sort that out? You don't have to do any sorting with Scripture. It's all inspired. The highest way that God can speak to you is through his word. And so, the chances of you getting inspired raise high when you regularly read the scripture. Okay? The Scripture is the, the word for scripture is, it is the word of God, the logos, the Greek word logos. It doesn't mean a word from God. It means the whole story of God. The whole message. All that he has to say. Is here in this book. There's another word. Translated word in the New Testament. It's the word rhema. Lagos is the whole story. Rhema is when something from the story. Is verbally spoken to you. So what what we want to seek. We want to take the message. In the text. And allow it to become. A voice we hear. In our hearts. It's the most highest way that God's going to speak to you. Am I saying that he won't speak to you through inspired thoughts in your prayer life? Of course he does. Can he give you direction through other people and by your experiences? Certainly he does. But the highest way he's going to communicate is with the scripture. With the scripture. Personal revelation by the Holy Spirit is secondary. It's not primary. It's secondary. The scripture is most important. So that's hearing from God for yourself. That was Samuel. Yes. What about hearing for God, from God for other people? The whole series that we're going through this summer, two words, kings and what? Prophets. What do prophets do? They hear from God for other people. So what do we do about that today? Is it possible that God could give you something to help inspire another person? Certainly that's possible. I would say that there is a, a line of differentiation in the New Covenant and the New Testament that separates God using us today to speak to people from the, the weight of the Old Testament prophets. The Old Testament prophet, along with perhaps the priest and king, were the only people that ever heard from God. God would speak to them and give them his message for people. So if they wanted to hear from God, they had to call the prophet. The prophet had to come and speak. In the New Testament, all believers have the Holy Spirit in their hearts. All of us can potentially hear from God, but can God use a New Testament person to inspire somebody else with an inspired message? Certainly he can. Are you following me? You believe that he can use us. A word of encouragement. So are there some rules for that that would be helpful? If you've ever had some negative experiences, and I've had a whole plethora of of experiences. Pastor, I feel like God told me that this is what you need to do. And five minutes later, God tells somebody else to tell me something else that I have to do that's completely opposite. I just chuckle because I think, well, yeah. Either God's confused or you are, but uh, I'm not going to worry about it too much. But what are some of the rules if you feel like God, you want to be used by God to speak inspired words or to inspire other people? And if you're, if you're serious about this and you really want to learn, I hope you'll write these down and remember, because they're going to help you. Maybe not now, but someday when you're in... A seeking mode, you may need to learn this. Number Rule number one, always, always, words to inspire others need to be in line with scriptural teaching. Always in line with scriptural teaching. God's not gonna tell you to do something personally that he has spoken of in his word that he forbids. You following that? He's, he's not gonna tell you, you know what? There's a family over there that has a lot of money, and uh, I'm just telling you should go and steal it so you can help the I Love My Church campaign. How many of you know he's never going to say something like that because thou shalt not steal was pretty serious, right? Okay. Always in line with scriptural teaching. Not just one favorite verse, but the whole Bible. Just make sure it's in line. Number two, Words that should inspire other people are always submitted to the other with a respect for their will and their responsibility. Always submitted to another person with a respect for their will and responsibility. Go to someone and say, you know, I was praying for your family today and just really wanted to encourage you. I really think God is Really blessed by the way that you've been making progress in your faith or whatever else. That would be submitted. To go to somebody and say, I feel like, I know that you're thinking about, uh, you know, getting, marrying this person. But I feel like God told me you need to not marry that person. You need to marry this person. Is that respecting that person's will or responsibility? No, it's assuming that. And it's manipulative. In the Old Testament, those prophets did it, but in the New Testament, all Christians have the Holy Spirit. You follow me? I know I'm teaching you, but please hold on to this because it will help you at some point. Let me give you an example. I'm not gonna read it for the sake of time. Acts chapter 21, Paul the apostle and his group were traveling around preaching. As they were traveling, It says, uh, right up in verse 3, I'll read a little of it. When they came in sight of Cyprus, leaving it on the left side, they sailed to Syria and landed at Tyre, for the ship was to unload its cargo. And having sought out the disciples, we stayed there for seven days. And through the Spirit, they were telling Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Then they go on, and they do more sailing, and they get all the way uh, to uh, the uh, Caesarea. And they stay with the home of Philip the Evangelist. And in Philip's home, a prophet, a New Testament prophet, by the name of Agabus, comes into the room. You can read it in the end of the chapter. He takes off Paul's sash, his leather belt, off of his robe. He twists it around his own hands and feet. Very dramatic. Thus says the Lord, if you go to Jerusalem, this is what's going to happen to the owner of this belt. He will be bound and imprisoned. And then all the disciples said, oh, Paul, please don't go. Paul said, what's the matter with you? Quit weeping and trying to break my heart. I'm willing to go to Jerusalem and die if that's what I need to do. So what are we saying? The people said, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem by the Spirit. The prophet comes up and said, if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be bound and imprisoned. And Paul goes anyway. Why? Because Paul knew God's plan for his life, and he interpreted that whole thing as a warning of what was going to come, not a manipulative desire to keep him out of Jerusalem. One more step. Paul goes to Jerusalem. Sure enough, he's arrested. Sure enough, he's bound, and he preaches, and then he's brought before the whole Sanhedrin, and he testifies of Jesus to the whole group, and they want to crucify him or they want to get rid of him. And he goes back to his prison cell at night after all that mess. And Jesus appears to him and said, Paul, cheer up. As you have witnessed for me in Jerusalem, I'm going to also have you witness for me in Rome. Good job, Paul. How many of us would go to Jerusalem if if Pastor Paul came up to you and and said, thus saith the Lord, don't you do this or that. You okay, I'm not going. I'll never go there for the rest of my life. What I'm saying is people that are prophesying in the New Testament, even somebody like Agabus, respected the will and the authority of the other person's life. Prophecy is not for manipulating people. It's for inspiring people. So if you want to be a good prophet, so to speak, today, give up the idea of manipulating and start thinking about inspiring Find somebody whose sail doesn't have wind in it and get behind them and find a way to blow some wind in their spiritual sail and you'll be a good New Testament inspirer. So as we think about this, when we talk about God speaking in our lives, I'm gonna ask you to stand with me for these last seconds. I understand some of the things we taught tonight may not seem to relate to everybody, but at some point, it may be really important that you understand them. Questions for you to consider tonight about discerning God's voice. Is God trying to get your attention? Maybe there's a phone buzzing in your pocket, but you're so busy you don't feel it. Or maybe it's so loud you don't hear it. And he's been calling and calling, and you're saying, God, where are you? Maybe he's got somebody in your life waving their hand. Hey, stop, there's a message for you. Are you willing to stop? Somebody said, God never talks to me. I'm quite sure he's trying. Are you willing to stop and listen? Jesus said, seek and you will find. I find that interesting. You seek for someone who's lost or hiding. God is neither. We are both. True? We're the ones that get lost. And we're the ones that hide from God. And then we tell them, God, you're not talking to me. It's because we're hiding. The seeking is for us. To stop our busy lives. Will you seek him? You want to hear God communicating inspiration in your life? Don't cram your Bible reading in in six seconds and Zip, speed read it and zip on your day and forget you've ever even looked at the Bible. Seek. And don't view the voice of God as entertainment. If you really do feel God's telling you to do something, it's probably because he really wants you to do it. Not just tell other people, hey, God spoke to me today. What did he tell you to do? He told me I got to be nicer. (laughs) How about if you did it? Would you bow your heads with me tonight? Jesus, we think of this little boy Samuel hearing you calling his name. And then we think of you walking around the shore of Galilee, calling your disciples out by name. Matthew, Simon. From now on, you're going to be Peter. Judas, come, follow me. And he's speaking to us today, too. He's trying to bring us inspiration. A lot of us are on a spiritual lake with a boat and a sail, and there's no wind blowing. He's trying to inspire us forward. Lord, we pray that you help us to receive it and grow in it. By your grace, in Jesus' name. Tonight, two things. Number one, before the most important, as we were worshiping tonight, I just had a real sense in my heart that there were some people here that really needed a touch of physical healing. And I really feel like Jesus is here to do that for some people tonight. He always is, but just felt a special move in my heart for that. I talked to Paul, our service pastor, and my wife, and they're, they're willing to come forward at the altar and they're gonna pray for anybody, especially if, you have, if you're sick, you've got a physical need. Uh, it'd be a good night to come and say, let, let me get anointed with oil and prayed for. I hope you'll do that. And now the most important, with your heads bowed, if you're here tonight and you wanna say, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. I need to know that my life has been touched by him. I need to know that I'm forgiven of all the wrong things I've done. I need to know that I can have a new beginning and I don't have to just relive my past failures. And tonight's my night to say yes, I believe Jesus is the son of God and I want him to be my savior. If that describes you, Would you like to raise your hand tonight and let us pray with you and say, yes, I want Jesus. Would you do it if it's you tonight? Put your hand in the air for your sake and God's and we'll pray with you right where you are. All right, Lord, we thank you for this night together. We thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you for your kindness. And we thank you that you never stop communicating with your people. We pray that you help us tonight in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. God bless you. You may be dismissed. Uh, Please come forward if you want prayer.